Hello, hello, and welcome to the second episode of My AI Podcast. And with me, Chris, is Luis Cortes. Hello, Luis. How are you today? Hello, Chris. I'm very good here. It's a cold, chilly morning here in Boston, but it's okay. My heart is warm because I'm from Barcelona, of course. All right. All right. So probably the temperature is following the bad news coming, and I've heard that some people are actually are actually losing jobs because of AI. Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, I'm starting to hear those things, and that's uh, you know that's sadly confirming something that I have been talking about with some of my of my entrepreneur friends. It, it's it's an interesting angle because who is losing jobs will they be able to take back on those jobs before the retraining how ai is going to reshuffle things you know i have a few ideas about how that can go but what is mckinsey telling us yeah actually actually it's it's what what before was predicted is that it will be manual job you know more of a manufacturing thing you know the robots will take over but surprise surprise it is all very sophisticated designer jobs. This is, you know, uh, people who are into putting invoices from one table to another table. And uh, finally, uh, people who, you know, would do copywriting, with, they, they hardly compete with LLMs nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, I think, one of the biggest surprises for me. When, when we speak about losing jobs, mm-hmm. not the easy words. You know, we cannot replace people who give you massage with AI, but you can easily replace a graphic designer, maybe a photographer in future. However, I want to say I started following some of the guys who are actual very professional photographers and started playing fiddle with AI. This is a different level. I mean, an, a regular person does not want, want that, that cannot achieve the same what a professional photographer can achieve because the professional photographer knows what they want to achieve actually what is the end game right yes i think you know so from from what we have been we've been seeing so it's interesting that uh people with less skills can be more can get their job more improved proportionally than people with higher like more senior level skills right now at the same time there's things like what you're mentioning right so uh, in in the photo skill the moment that we had iphones and smartphones we everybody started making like gazillions of pictures very nice pictures by the way so though the devices started really substituting what people were doing up to a certain extent right now the professionals are always going to be there and the thing is i think ai is kind of fitting this intermediate segment in which i am i'm getting ready for some ai conferences right so Mm -hmm. i'm designing logos and I'm designing backgrounds and I'm finding images that want to explain concepts that I want to explain, right? I am not a digital designer, but I can produce those pictures, but I'm not taking away anybody's job because I'm just using an AI and I am not a professional designer, right? However, some I think some designers definitely, if you're not adding value to your job, you're going to be out completely. And I was remembering, so last year I attended a Warren Buffett shareholders meeting in, in, in Omaha, Nebraska, right? And he said something very interesting, which is if you are the best at what you do, there's no AI that is going to take your job away from you. There's no inflation because you will always be able to sell what you do. So I think 
for the last uh, 20 years since the internet appeared, everything has been about how do you get better every day because there's some technology coming after your job. So this is not just AI. This has been kind of the rule for the last 20 years. And it's like AI is kind of the next uh, wave. So, you know, I, I think that people will, will, will be able to mm -hmm. go over this, like who we have been in the last 20 years. Okay, so let's focus on two two topics. You say you are not taking anyone's job because you design slides, but let's be honest. Fiverr is in really big trouble, you know, Upwork and all of this. If you see their, you know, usage of those type of portals, it's getting trouble. It's like minus 70%, if I remember correct. Why? Because, you know, if you, if you want to, like, not super premium, but decent uh, slides, mm -hmm. Many companies, including mentioned McKinsey, BCG, and others, would have the outsourcing uh, outsourcing center in uh, India or some other. The best, if if it so, the slides for uh, for I was I I worked for BCG for some time. So overnight, our slides were improved, were made better by someone from India. So in the morning, we were ready for a presentation in front of the client mm -hmm. with much better slides that were prepared by our um, Indian colleagues. And now, well, it is much faster to do. I think it will not uh, happen overnight, but for many people that would need just decent slides, not like super premium commercial slides, but just decent slides to illustrate some, some notions. This is much easier. And the second thing I want to mention is also how it improves the work of artists. So actually, I mentioned this: these professional photographers, I see artists. I, my wife is a is 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 a professional artist. So she actually uses AI to create ideas, and then she turned these ideas to again actually painting, still manual painting. And I see it improved her painting big time. It it improved her quality because to iterate such a great ideas, uh, AI, you know, generative AI is such a, a great tool. And it, it would take her lots of time to, you know, dig to Pinterest, to all the other tools. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Pinterest also is a bit of, in a trouble because before many artists would use this to iterate on ideas. How do you find this yeah. concept? So I, I find it uh, fascinating. I think creativity is one of the areas where AI is surprising everybody. So I was uh, very mm -hmm. recently talking with a friend that works in, in the West Coast here in the United States for the, uh, for the movie industry, right? And this was maybe a couple of months back when all this um, protests from the writers and the actors were going on about what was going to be the role of AI, if they were going to be out of a job, etc. And the thing is that the... AI gives you the creativity to be the ability to be way more creative because you can get a number of ideas on your own and just fine tune with things, right? So something that's going on there is that when you're writing the script for a novel or for a movie, right, you can ask the AI for three different endings, right? And then based on those endings, then can uh, somebody can go and actually write or even continue developing with AI what the final script is going to be. But there's always a very important component of human creativity there. So you can tell me, okay, maybe those endings were before done by one, five, 10 people writing a script, maybe yes, right? So part of that basic creativity is going to go away because of, of AI, but at the same time, there's a lot of value to be added by who actually makes the call, who finalizes writing something. So it's kind of ready for, for prime time. Mm -hmm. Because at the what end of the day, yeah, you you need to 
to match the content to the audience, right? So in the artist world, there's many, many artists, many people buying and selling things, right? But in some other areas like, you know, movie making or song making or some other things, there's a few people making something for a very wide audience. So you need to find out also what that audience is going to be asking, what's going to be successful. Mm -hmm. I don't see any movie studio letting AI decide completely on a movie and then launching it and crossing their fingers. I wanted to dig deeper into it, into the movie industry, because, okay, let's be honest, to create, to generate a static image is one thing, but to 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 uh, to copy someone's voice like Eleven Labs is doing quite effectively. It's another thing. But to create a scenario, to be creative in a way to create whole scenario of a movie is completely different level of a game. Even though we have, you know, we have some great producers that made two, three great uh, movies. Like uh, let's let's say Steven Spielberg, right? Who is investing in AI himself, by the way. But it's it's not a repetitive, permanently repetitive process. Not all of the movies of Steven Spielberg are great. They are like not not all of them were like hitting the the box office big time. So my question is, is it possible? that maybe not next year, but in three years, in five years, we will actually uh, see movies created in a big um, scale with AI. Or would it be just a tool, same like most of the movies are not shot now in the nature, but more of the green screen, because it's cheaper, it's more predictable. So would it be that the AI is just, you know, to better to do better shadowing colors i don't know maybe add some voice um of an actor what what's your prediction on this can we expect a full scale triple uh, a movie made mostly with ai mm, you know in theory maybe 15 20 years on the road in theory yes mm -hmm. the thing is the production of such a movie the impact that it has uh, all the worldwide distribution, etc., makes it a big, big risk to just let AI manage that. So the fact that I always say, you no, know, the fact that some that you can do something doesn't mean that you have to do it, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's my first approach. And then the other thing is when you're this. So or something I definitely you know predict, right? And I'm I will be happy to to meet you anywhere and and pay you a beer if I'm wrong. Is that maybe even two, is that in the same thing that happened with iPhones and app, with the iPhone, the smartphones and with the apps, right? Where we went from, you know, a very few apps, very few like video games, for instance, for PC and Mac and maybe a few consoles down to tens of thousands of small smart apps that came out, right? Same thing is going to happen here. So we're going to have uh, a very long tail of AI movies, AI apps, everything, right? So that's, that will reduce the cost of producing movies and that will create a multi-abundance of movies, series, etc. The problem with that is that there will be so many that very few people will watch them, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that probably you, you will be able to find exactly what you want because there will be so many AIs producing mm -hmm. things out there, right? And the other thing about this is that uh, you will be able to even um, create your movie or your video game for you in real time. 
So it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm having a, I'm having a cup of coffee here with some, you know, some chocolate and some cookies, and I feel like watching uh, Santa. Uh, oh, it's going to be Thanksgiving in the States, right? So I want to watch a Thanksgiving movie that has to do with, you know, Santa Claus appears and Superman and somebody's playing soccer and blah, 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 blah. And AI is going to prepare that, going to give you maybe two or three options about what would be the starting point. I'll say yes. Right. So in real time, the AI is going to be creating the movie that I want to see in real, almost in real time. Right. Like in chunks or something. So I predict that's also coming before in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. OK, I also in that, in that creates a completely different experience because you're not just there waiting for something to be shown to you. You're actually creating the story you know if you remember all those old books about like uh like uh create your own your own adventure type of thing remember those well mm -hmm. we're going that that on steroids is a completely new market segment that's going to be appearing mm -hmm. an interactive kind of game or interactive move based on your experience this is what people claim that duolingo does i'm not sure because they they claim they use ai so I thought originally they use AI to personalize learning. But when I dig deeper into their reports and what they write on their blog, which they share pretty vastly, they claim they only use AI to create exercises, which does not stress that actually your experience on Duo would differ much from mine experience on Duo. So this is just what people feel, but I'm not entirely sure that they are actually kind of on the fly, change the sentences, change the exercises. I'm really curious if someone knows Duolingo or Duolingo product owners, please share. That would be really cool, like how they actually use it. But I wanted to ask you about also the topic of effectiveness, which would be kind of a good segue from what is possible, what not, that even now we have a strong evidence. Uh, there was a research from Boston Consulting Group. They researched uh, 758 of the employees, like the more senior and more junior employees, and they compared how much of a benefit in the quickness, if the in the quality of their task they, they are given is and it showed that actually for the uh, you know like kind of more junior employees it was over 40 percent increase of effectiveness and even for the most senior guys more trained it was 13 percent of an increase so it is it is kind of not true that juniors would be replaced juniors can have even more advantage of using ai and let's be honest bcg is a company that employs employs very highly skilled highly intellectual, very good in analysis people. So for me, it was it was a good proof of concept that actually if you don't do it, if you don't you know, embrace AI within your company, you kind of lose a competitive advantage. So yes, and actually there, there was a study like, uh, like uh, six, seven months ago that actually achieved the same conclusions. So proportionally, it helps more the people that is less trained versus the more trained. Now, the thing mm -hmm. is, the senior people, they add or they should be adding way more value to the companies than junior people, right? Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, the overall value creation, I think, is there. I think the challenge with this is that if it's it's you know, it's it's quality versus quantity, is margin versus volume, right? So how many junior so I th I think the the junior to senior ratio is going to reduce a lot because of AI. Mm -hmm. And that's really? and, Yes, I, I yes because but towards more seniors or I or think other way around? 
I think it's going to be less juniors per senior because AI is going to be, the, because the job that a junior does is simpler, right? And AI is, is easy for, a, and they are more productive, right? So if for every junior is 40% more productive and the overall job that they do is substituted by AI, you're going to shrink the junior base, right? Mm. Even more than you shrink the senior base. And that but, has... Uh, and that has many problems. I don't like that scenario, but unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. If you don't like this scenario, I, I have I, I have a good news for those people who are listening to us because I have completely opposite view. In my opinion, actually, juniors will gain a lot because if we see 43% of boost of their effectiveness, it means it's more worthy to hire a junior nowadays, right? <laughs> so I see more of a... a, a a chance and i see it you know I, I i'm teaching at in one of the best if not the best university here in central europe at the ai faculty and my students that are like 50 years so they, they are the, the senior uh, second year of masters uh, they are already speaking on conferences they are solving big problems they are already employed because there is such a need for those people of course it's in the bubble of people who are trained in data science in ai heavily but there is a huge need of them and they are they are developing so quickly i mean for ai actually many people who are listening to us they know that sometimes you need a couple of months some good trainings and just embrace it add it to your current skills to get huge competitive advantage mm -hmm. right so i see how they how they develop fast and i also teach at regular it faculty when i don't see so much progress within so still we teach it I mean, in a regular, people learn JavaScript, they would learn, you know, C++, etc. Of course, they are very passionate about AI. They try to add lots of things with co-pilots. But I don't see such a big growth nowadays that there is, you know, like bigger demand for regular IT people. But though for those specialized in AI, there's like huge progress nowadays. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally, because it's it's like uh, it's uncharted territory, and we are actually learning what AI is going to be good at, right? Definitely, AI needs. I I, I completely agree with you. AI kind of gives people superpowers, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is, you're adding when you're adding superpowers to someone that has different levels of experience, different levels of training, it's going to affect them in different ways, because you know, would you have been? I mean, you and I have been. I've been solving problems with for a few more years than you have. Right, but probably your problems have been more interesting, so we're even, right? Mm -hmm. But in any case, we our brains have been have been solving problems without AI for many many years, right? Now we're adding mm -hmm. AI to our brains, right? So now we can expand our ability to be creative and be productive and solve problems, right? Now, when you take very young people, their brain hasn't been has working on problems for so long, so they're going to start having AI like very young. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you sure. know, so when probably you're good at, at mental math, I was I was good at mental math when I was young. Right. Since we have calculators and spreadsheet, who is good at mental math? Right. Who needs to remember mm -hmm. like cell phones for anybody? Right. So our brain is good at that. And we use that to our advantage with AI. Now, our, our kids are not good at many of those things. So they're, they're good at some of the things. Right. So. I think we're going to discover in the next few years what this means mm -hmm. for creativity, for productivity, et cetera, because maybe we will just have 
instead of having like a few unicorns like we have now, we will have multitude of unicorns because so many companies will be able to benefit from this, for instance, or public sector will advance like in 10 years, what they it should advance in 50 because now we'll have better solutions, right? So I think all that abundance is gonna create way more jobs for everybody instead of reduce, reducing them. It's mm -hmm. kind of the only thing is that, is, is what happened with the internet, right? So we've had internet for like what, 20, 30 years now? And it created, it destroyed a lot of jobs, but it created way more jobs than it destroyed. So I think, I hope, I'm hopeful the same thing can happen with AI. Okay, so let's segue now to to the person that is the most famous from losing job uh, f from AI, Sam Altman. We've heard over weekend that he, we still are digging into this story. There's so so much puzzle in it, but it was a, a shock for me. It was a shock because you know. He he was an icon and come on he cre he he created the I think ideology foundation for this he was CEO you know, mm -hmm. from the very scratch and you you don't usually you know you bet on a winning horse usually he he was a winning horse for this company and and what's your what's your theory what could happen what is what is your speculation so I've been reading a lot over this weekend different sources people publishing what happened etc right. I think, and uh, and again, I've seen this in startups over and over and over. You know, I've been mentoring and investing in startups, you know, for a long time, right? Um, there comes a point in which decisions need to be made about what is actually going to be the future, because many startups start with a very with an idea, with a team, with a product, and they focus a lot into the product, what the product can be, the functionality, whatever, mm -hmm. without really thinking about who's going to buy it or how is it going to evolve in the market, right? So at mm -hmm. some point, so they don't think about monetization at the at the beginning. They focus yeah, on product. Mm -hmm. Exactly, right? Which I mean, it's I'm, it's not a good or bad thing. We need like ten podcasts to develop that idea, of course, right? But you know, if we put that to an essence, at this, at some point, product teams and business teams start having more struggle because they, they just can't continue to be aligned, right? So it's not just because, no, the company is not a nonprofit, they can't invest in products forever, right? Uh, one of the theories I've been, I've been hearing is that uh, Sam was moving away from the principles and the values of, of AI, of creating responsible, safety, secure, open mm -hmm. for all type of <coughs> AI. And uh, and they, that he went into things like, for instance, they announced like their, the, the Apple Store, Right type of of, of of open AI in the last in the open dev say days exactly a week ago right mm -hmm. yeah. and that yes and that is something that uh, many people were just freaking out that open AI should never do that 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 was going to create a lot of very poor uh, AI models and bots and it was going to be a disaster and that would be a very bad monetization because they wouldn't have the resources that, for instance, Apple had to kind of mon monitor and police the the open the App Store, mm -hmm. right? So it's like the plugins, right? You had, in a matter of days, you had hundreds of plugins that nobody had checked if they actually worked or not, if the code was healthy or not, if they were actually taking your data or not, nobody knew anything, right? So some people were not happy about it. Um, so that's one of the things that, 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 yeah, I would like to your opinion because I have a second mm -hmm. a second opinion on top of this, which is even deeper mm -hmm. than that. I, I will now uh, kind of leave some as uh, uh, some as discussion about personal things, but I will dig deeper about the the apps concept, which I which I truly personally really love, 
because that's the way if you open and, and the name of the company still is open ai and that's what really allows to harness human creativity and there are some uh, some uh, plugins that were created by my colleagues for instance uh, uh, arvix um, kind of tool that would allow you to gain for the research paper right very used uh, tool one of the top used tools by researchers uh, now of course the algorithm sl slightly changed because some of the tools are now integrated but still very used uh, plugin created by forward operators team and um, another is by sambot so uh, the one for use for e-commerce for a better kind of um, seo kind of thing for e-commerce both of them very useful and you said that um that OpenAI has no resources to check them. That's one of the what, what it was one of the advantages of Apple that they would actually manually check every single app. And I think OpenAI could do that. They could do that. They they have resources. To, of course, it would kind of stagger the process. It would make it slower. But is it a problem? Like, what's the question? Quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do believe in this process. It is also you know Apple cuts thirty percent of of the apps of the in payments of the apps so they could create a price tag on 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 this chat gpts versions and and i think it will be the future if they don't do it someone else will um and the, the last thing that concerns uh this topic is also they cannot create everything by themselves you need external force mm. and there is a time and you probably remember the time like 2008 2009 when some of the apps were totally irrational, they were absurd. Like there was the app that was called I Am Rich that would cost $999 that would just change your screenshot of your uh, of your mobile phone. And that would prove that you spent $1,000 for nothing for some idiotic. And it was pretty good sales in Middle East. You know, you just need to tell to sell 1,000 of these apps to have $1 million. So someone had a brilliant idea. And this is not; these are not existent anymore because mm -hmm. no one would buy such, a, uh, such an app. But of course, we have this, you know, storm phase when there are some things they are totally unused. And okay, let it be. If people want to have hundreds of, useless apps on their phones and and they want to buy it that's okay but mm -hmm. now i think in, we are in the mature phase with you know iphone 15 that you know they're mostly pretty useful apps used by corporations like you would have uh, i know apps for flights for you know tourism for this or that for b2b apps are growing still very strong you know opening doors to apps etc i could go forever but we don't download the apps that are not used. Even there is now a feature that is in iOS 17 mm -hmm. that it downloads the apps that you haven't used. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think, uh, you're, so this this is one part of it, right? But I think that's probably the 10% of what, of what happened with OpenAI. Mm -hmm. I think the other 90% is that the it is surprising, in my opinion, it is surprisingly unmature board and a mature. Mm -hmm organization from a governance perspective so the fact that you know you have a, an investor like microsoft that puts 10 billion dollars in your company and you don't bother to call satya and as tell them hey we're planning about firing sam almond i mean you just don't do that right no, you don't so, do that you don't do that right so you, if you're a board that really knows a little bit about governance about the implications of things you know short medium long term you have processes to evaluate decisions you check you know on all of the all 
you cross all the T's and dot all the I's, right? Um, and that's why actually re very recently you could read that on the Verge in that common internet. Uh, it, there's rumors as well that there's conversations between OpenAI to actually get Sam back. The whole board. I've heard be, it. Yeah. The whole board. Apologize be, to him. <laughs> yeah, the whole board will be resigning. A new board will be jumping in, of course, with at least one seat from Microsoft, because you know this is basic governance. I mean, you just can't get rid of your founder and just assume that things are going to be the same, especially when you have a company that is having such an impact as the one that mm -hmm. OpenAI is having. Right. So we'll see more to come. What, what how the story develops? I'm I'm pretty sure that that is also a very interesting incentive for people to look how this decision implies all all the others. And what 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 is surprising for me? And let's remember that OpenAI is still pretty young company, and and you know they are maybe they are evaluated around one hundred million dollars, but they are like what seven years old mm -hmm. uh, company uh, that is still in the quite young phase and really get lots of users. And the question more accurate for me is, would Microsoft kind of try to take over and get into hold of it and kind of swallow what they developed into their ecosystem? Or, or would Microsoft leave it as a very independent organization? That's the biggest question for me. I'm not sure what's exactly the, the structure where they could influence this decision or impose this decision but i love that we have quite independent player on the market of big tech because let's be honest i mean all of these big tech are trying to develop their own models my, mm -hmm. including microsoft so i'm sure that satya is tempted to you know swallow open ai and make it part of the ecosystem but they haven't done it yet which is I good for me Let, let's leave it that way i don't think that's happening so actually if you look at uh, in the last uh, few years so you know originally when when m&a started happening with it um, many many companies actually disappeared and were kind of dissolved in the middle of the nothing right mm -hmm. in the last you know seven to ten years you've seen big acquisitions like you know, Microsoft acquired LinkedIn or GitHub, right? Or, you know, IB, yeah. IBM, IBM acquired Red Hat, right? And mm -hmm. all of these companies are still completely independent. They, of course, belong to their owners and they align, they do partnerships and they benefit from each other's mm -hmm. practices, et cetera. But something that the big guys are discovering is that keeping the culture alive for those companies is is what gives them the value right because that company would have never developed that project or that product or have that type of people unless the culture had been there so i think they refrain from controlling a lot in exchange for giving them the freedom to continue being what they are so i don't think microsoft is going to do anything to swallow or they solve or anything they will influence it I can guarantee that. And, you know, we'll see in a few days. We will know what happens with Sam and the board and everything. We will see what role Microsoft gave. I'm really hoping that Microsoft is going to have uh, like a mentoring role, right? Like, okay, kids, enough mm -hmm. playtime. Let's, you know what I mean, right? So a bit between, you know, have like a, like a tenured professor mm -hmm. and a mentor and kind of, okay, let's, what's going on here? What are the right questions we need to be asking? What do we really want for the future? How do we build a company, right? And let let me give you my experience about how this is done, 
because we've done it before. So I really hope that Microsoft will have that kind of guiding role here instead of uh, imposing their whatever. But you know, we'll, we'll know in a few days' time. That's going to be an interesting conversation for the next the next episode, right? Sure. And I and I really hope that in some episode we'll have Sam Altman to elaborate on this in May I podcast. And thank you for today. Thank you, Luis. Thank you guys for watching us.